Welcome to today's Church Central podcast. We're a family of churches across Birmingham. To find out more, head to churchcentral.org.uk. For the past couple of days, um, uh, we've had to um, pay, and we still pay our respects to um, the Queen. And I suppose there are four types of people um, in the, uh, especially in the UK, um, those who had, um, who can't have enough of what's going on in terms of the queen, the burial, and so on. Those who can't have enough, and on one, that's one extreme. On the other extreme is those who've had enough of all these things, and then some of you are in between, and then there's this sort of rare group of people. Um, who live in an alternative universe, who never, who don't know exactly what's going on, who no clue what's going on. So you can put yourself in one of these uh, categories. But without any doubt, um, um, it's it's been the past couple of years. It's been um, sort of a very different um, experience for all of us, and um, we can um, we, we sort of get to appreciate um, the, um, how uh, amazing um, the British Crown is and the Sovereign and we're getting a glimpse of the sort of amazing pageantry. I mean the new newspapers, I mean that was uh, the day after she passed away. Um, um, and then we, uh, they moved her body from Balmore to Edinburgh and just the crowds and, and so on just to pay their respect and see the coffin. And then um, and I, I had a meeting on, was it Wednesday? Yes, I think I had a, a Wednesday. And then it got late because I was watching this, the plane like that. <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, just just looking at the plane, and then I decided, oh, and then the coffin was moving from RFF uh, Northall to Buckingham Palace, and it's just quite fascinating. It's not this, anyway. So somewhere you all, and then the next one is um, some of you saw that the uh, the king, and it's a prince, the the king and his siblings, and this took out for 15 minutes, you know. Um, and then um, this um, is probably one of the biggest talk of the town, um, the queue. The queue. Yes. Yeah, the queue. So I've got people who say they're going there. I say good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, but it's uh, it's. But I mean, I think we all appreciate that this is sort sort of a, an, an amazing couple of, um, and I, I have no. I can't imagine what tomorrow is going to be like, um, but um, um, but I wanted you to help me. So I've got some numbers or statistics. Um, the first one um, is 24. Any guesses as to, and it's all to do with this whole thing. Any 24, any guess as to what that represents? Yes, well done. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I had a sweet, I'll just throw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the longest queue is 12. I think yesterday they said. Sorry. 
Tell, yeah. But they said if you want, the last one is about 20 for the longest queue time. The next one, yes, this one hopefully is a hard one. Hopefully, any. So they estimate that by uh, when they close it, that amount of people who would have uh, uh, filed past the Queen line, uh, line of uh, yeah. Um, this one, the next one. This one is a bit hard. Any ideas? Ten thousand. No, no. no. <laughs> oh, someone said. Who said troops? Spot on. Yeah. So tomorrow, um, in terms of the military and pageantry and everything, is going to be a uh, ten thousand army, navy, and uh, air force people involved in the whole thing tomorrow. Yeah. So, and then the last one. This one odd one, but just to. I'm sure someone has spotted that one. Yeah. So there's going to be 500 foreign um, foreign uh, delegates and at least around 100 heads of states or presidents tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there's so many that's causing a security nightmare for the uh, Met Police. So they can you imagine it's so big that they've decided that. Some of, most of the heads of states they will be in buses. I don't think they are very happy about that, but they will be in buses uh, just to make sure that they are in groups. Obviously, there are exceptions. Um, does anyone know one of the exceptions? Oh, Who's not going to be? Biden is not going to be in the bus. <laughs> yeah, so that's an exception. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, so. <clears throat> Um, so without doubt, it's um, it's it's um, 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 we. Yesterday I spent some time. My sister lives in the U.S. and uh, she's been here uh, for the week, and we spent some time with her. And it's it's without doubt, even in every country, um, they may not be glued to the telly 24/7, but they are amazed about the whole thing and how huge it is. You know, um, so it's um, it's it's a, a whole amazing experience. Anyway. Right, so um, we'll leave some to um, today's uh, and, and, um, message. So I'm going to be talking on um, Mark 9, um, 2 to 16. But before I, I do that, in order to appreciate uh, Mark um, chapter 9, um, I'll just point out a few things in Mark um, chapter 8. We missed that one. And just a few things there. I'm not going to read the um, thing, but just point out I think a few things. You can look at it in your own time. Um, so in Mark 8, um, one thing that was said uh, happened there was that Jesus fed um, 4,000 um, people from, uh, from seven loaves of bread. What you may, um, some of you know this, and some of you may not have realized that that is the second time he done that miracle. And in Mark chapter 6, he fed um, 5,000 people. Yeah? Um, and then um, uh, later on, in Mark chapter 8, uh, later on, um, the Pharisees or the established uh, leaders uh, of, um, did not believe, in, obviously, they didn't believe in, in Jesus and questioned his authority. Verse 11, they came and began to question him, to test him, and they asked him to, for a sign from heaven. Yeah, and Jesus uh, wasn't decided wasn't going to show everyone a sign uh, because of their unbelief. But um, and then following on, 
um, there was an incident where um, the, the disciples they didn't have uh, any, uh, anything to eat, and they showed that after all the stuff that's happened from Mark chapter one to up to chapter um, seven and up to chapter eight, and they showed their lack of faith in Jesus. So in Mark chapter 8, 16 to 19, as, uh, at this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. This is just after Jesus has um, used seven, um, what do you call, seven loaves of bread multiplying it and enough for 4,000 people. And here you see the disciples um, arguing about that. And at this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take in? Yeah, you have eyes you can't see, but ears you can't hear. Don't you remember anything at all? Yeah, when I fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread, or how many baskets of uh, leftovers did you pick up? Yeah, so that also happened in Mark um, chapter 8. And then following that, Jesus um, healed um, a blind man. That was also interesting because this healing was a bit different from uh, his usual. A lot of his healing was instant. This one, um, he, first of all, he spits in the blind man, uh, man's eyes. Um, I find that very unusual. Um, and, um, and then he puts his hand on him over the eyes and then he asked him, can you see? And say, yes, I can see a bit. And then he, do it, he does it again, and then he said, I can see. So in this hill, it was an instant, it was gradual. Yeah? And I think we need to also take that and reflect on that. Because sometimes healing can be instant, and sometimes it will be gradual. It can be a couple of days, it can be a couple of months, it can be a year, but the healing will be, can be and we need to also take that in mind. Yeah? Um, then we move on to um, uh, the next thing that happened in Mark chapter 8. We've not got to Mark 9 yet, um, but we will get there soon. Um, and the next thing that happened in Mark chapter 8 is that um, Jesus asked his disciples um, that who do people say and I am a no. And so uh, uh, it says, as they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? And he says, uh, well, they said, well, they replied, some say uh, you are John the Baptist, some say you are Elijah, others say uh, you are one of the other prophets. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think this question is something we need to also and reflect on. Yeah, in our daily lives, as we go to work, school, and so on and so forth, you will be asked in a different form every now and then, yeah, who is Jesus? And you need to be prepared to as, uh, uh, explain yourself. And hopefully, you will all be like um, Peter with uh, enthusiasm and brilliance. Uh, Peter, uh, uh, Jesus asks, and how about you? Who do you say Jesus is? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. That means the anointed one. Yeah. And so <clears throat> we come to the sort of final section of Mark 8. And Jesus predicts his death. And so Jesus began to tell them 
that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, uh, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but three days later, he will rise from the dead. And as he talked openly with his disciples, um, something interesting happened. Um, within a few, uh, I don't know the time frame, but I'm just sort of uh, making it up, a few minutes, hours, I don't know. Peter has said, you are the Messiah, the anointed one. But when Jesus said that, Peter then said, took him aside and began to reprimand Jesus and, and tell him more for saying things like that. And this is probably um, one of the harshest words um, Jesus has had for anyone. And, and Jesus turned and looked at his disciple and reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God. Yeah. And Mark chapter, chapter 8 um, gives us um, um, an idea of um, how um, the difficulty in terms of us being disciples of Christ. Yeah. And sometimes um, our faith is strong, sometimes we see miracles, and then sometimes we cower in fear and say stupid things, and sometimes we have very little faith and no faith at all. Yeah? And, 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 and Jesus um, knows us, he knows our human beings, and, uh, and he knows that we are human beings and cares, and one of the things he, uh, he, he, he promised us was that he will be with us um, but till the end of time, you know, and he said when he goes, he will send the Holy Spirit who will be with the S and give us encourages and give us strength and so on and so forth. Um, and so this leads us to uh, Mark chapter 9. And uh, I will just go straight into uh, Mark chapter 9. I'll read verse 2 to 12. And it says, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them to a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make. Then Elijah, this is Elijah Moses, one of the old prophets, uh, appeared and began talking to Jesus. Peter exclaimed, I like Peter, Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And I like this comment. He says, uh, he said this because he really didn't know what to say. <laughs> for they were all terrified. Yeah. Um, 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 the cloud overshadowed them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. And so I'll repeat this bit, the cloud of them, a voice from the cloud, this said, this is my dearly loved son, listen to him. Suddenly, when they look around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they came, uh, as they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they'd seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but often asked themselves, each other, what 
he meant by rising from the dead. Even after all this time, even the question of his death um, hadn't sort of sunk in properly uh, to them. Uh, verse 11 says, then they asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus res responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. Yet why do the uh, scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come. They chose to abuse him just as the scripture predicted. And this whole picture uh, in the scriptures uh, is known as the transfiguration. And um, what I just wanted us uh, to do this morning is to um, sort of hopefully um, have an idea and embed in our hearts what was the point of that whole uh, uh, verse and Jesus um, uh, <coughs> being uh, sort of glorified, glowing and uh, white, as white late and, and having a conversation um, with Elijah and Moses. What does that mean? Um, why uh, did, so why the question we ask us is why did Jesus show himself in this way to the three um, disciples? Yeah? And the key point is that um, everything that God does has a purpose. Yeah? And even that um, picture of that scripture we just read had, has a purpose. Yeah? And in every section in the scripture, and God has a message uh, for us, yeah? And, and two things, there could be more things coming from that, but two things I did get from um, the whole uh, uh, passage. <coughs> the first thing was, um, remember in um, chapter 8, um, they've seen a lot of things, but also their faith was a bit um, questioned and wavering, you know? And the, um, the first thing was that, Jesus, um, uh, God wanted to build the faith of his disciples. Yeah, he wanted to continue to build them. Now, what he did, we're using that um, picture, the transfiguration, was this. Um, um, he gave his disciples a glimpse of his glory. He gave them a sneak preview you see, Jesus um, was the son of a carpenter, lived with, among the common people all this time. So Peter, all the disciples, they just saw him as one of us. Yeah? And so sometimes it was very hard to think that this um, person who just came from the, the carpenter's son is actually the son of God one day, and he is the Messiah, you know, it's so hard for them, do you understand? And um, that um, picture was a sneak preview for them to see who he is in all his glory. Um, and he, um, he, uh, so the disciples had a glimpse, a sneak preview of his glory, his kingdom to come, and his exalted position as the son of God. That was the first thing that they had to, they had a glimpse of that, yeah. And then, and, and the second thing, uh, uh, reason was that God wanted to assure them and confirm that Jesus 
was his son. Basically, God, by speaking, uh, wanted to confirm Jesus' deity, that Jesus is God. Yeah? And so, uh, it says, uh, they should listen to him for everything he says or said, Jesus says or said, is true. Yeah? That's what that voice said. Yeah? This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Yeah. And so, um, uh, two things, these two things, um, I got from that sort of passage and to encourage um, the disciples. In the past few days since the Queen died, um, we have seen the amazing glory of the British monarchy. Yeah? Whether you believe in it or you don't, whether you agree or you don't, and the one thing we all agree is that there's been a lot of amazing things happening uh, since uh, she died. We've seen the pageantry, we've seen the colorful ceremonies, the respect and adoration of people from all uh, walks of life. Yeah? Some have traveled from different countries. And tomorrow, um, we've, we've, we, 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 just, uh, we know there will be 500 um, foreign dignitaries, uh, diplomats, including the 100 presidents and heads of states will come and pay their respect. Most people, um, a lot of people in this sort of times are very proud to be um, British. Uh, they have nothing, with, uh, with the exception of one or two hecklers here and there, um, they have nothing but positive things to say about the Queen. Yeah? Um, and this is the question. If you were asked to tell people about the Queen and who she was and what she did, how would you feel? If you were asked to tell people, go around and tell people about the Queen from all that you've seen, who she is, what she's done, how would you feel? Um, would I, um, am I wrong in saying that you'll be proud to do that? Yeah? Most of us will be proud. Some of you may not, but most people will be proud. Um, you, you probably will not hesitate. And for most people, you feel privileged to be asked to do that. Yeah? Um, so contrast this to our King and our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, son of a carpenter, lived a lonely love, life among common people, died on the cross as a criminal between two thieves, put into in a tomb and later and buried without ceremony. The point I'm trying to make is this. Our message, our story, it's a hard one. Jesus knew that. It's hard for you. Sometimes we hesitate because we look ridiculous. Um, we, we claim that Jesus is king. But people can't see his kingdom. We claim that Jesus is God or son of God. It's a bit far-fetched if you're not. Um, you've not been touched by the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus not uh, open your eyes to see the truth. So the message of the gospel, um, the message of the cross, is a hard one. And sometimes we forget that. 
But it doesn't excuse us not to say it anyway. Yeah, it doesn't excuse us not to say it anyway. But let us remember, however, this is not the end of the life, Jesus' life story. We know that this is not the end. There is more to come. And sometimes we forget that. Yeah? So we're going to encourage all of us yeah, so that sometimes we see the world, the physical, um, what we eat, what we sleep, the physical people, and we can't be overwhelmed by the reality of the life that we live in. Yeah? But the gospel um, tells us to look at the past, to live within the present, and also to look ahead with an expectation of the future. And sometimes we forget about the future bit. This is what Philippians says in, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, uh, Paul says from verses 5 to 11, this is what um, Paul says. You must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. You know the hardest thing you can do is sometimes to leave your privileges and then allow people to think all sorts about you. That's what God and God did and lived among us, you know. Um, instead he gave up his seven instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave he was born as a human being when he appeared in a human form he humbled himself in obedience to god and died a criminal's death on the cross therefore god elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Let's repeat this. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And that is the key. Think about it. Queen Elizabeth is being buried tomorrow. There's this amazing thing happening. But one day, every knee, including her knee, she will bow to Jesus Christ. And that is something that we cannot comprehend. One day, one day, every knee, Biden, anybody, everybody, Putin, everybody, Putin was, is a bit upset because he wasn't like, invited to the room. <laughs> I don't know why that I said that. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going to focus. Um, but, um, and that's not the end. Verse 11 says, and every tongue. You know, now, sometimes we, 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 we feel a bit intimidated for this, uh, what we, we've got to say, you know. And it can be a bit scary when we share the gospel. Yeah. But there will come a day. So be faithful. Because there will come a day. Every tongue will declare that Jesus is Lord. That's Amen. what the scripture says. Hallelujah. Yeah. To the glory of God the Father. Mm -hmm. um, in um, 
um, on, on TV, it's been a while, for a while, it's been um, um, a reality, there's lots of reality um, TV shows, and um, a lot of them are a bit sort of um, not great, I think. <laughs> but, um, however, there's this one, um, there's this one, and uh, it's called um, The Secret Millionaire. And some of you may have heard of it, some of you not. It's a bit, um, it's probably one of the better ones. Um, I don't know whether they still um, do it, but I've watched a couple of it. And basically the premises of this um, reality show is that um, they take the boss of like one of these huge companies. So it could be Tesco, the boss of Tesco, and or it could be McDonald's, the boss of McDonald's. And then he will then go and uh, pretend that he is go to the same McDonald's, uh, uh, McDonald's uh, uh, what do you call it, shop somewhere, um, and then uh, pretend that he's unemployed. So you go and find some ragged um, clothes to wear, look a bit scruffy, and say he's unemployed, and they're doing like um, a scheme to help unemployed people get back to work. Yeah, uh, it's quite fascinating. It's lovely. It's quite interesting. Uh, and then he and he then um, he or she would then be work like uh, flipping burgers or uh, cleaning the floors for a week, just a week. Um, they do. It's the interesting thing is that um, they, it, it's very uh, revealing to the these big bosses in the ivory tower. It's quite. They really like it. At the beginning, they are a bit apprehensive, but they enjoy it because they get to see the reality of what the common people have to go through. You know, cleaning the floor or flipping the burgers and stuff like that. The other thing also they get to know is they get to, in the end, they get to be fair because the people there, like, would then coach them. They'll be under, he'll be under their wing and they'll look after him and they'll teach him the ropes and stuff like that. And so they get to appreciate and the sort of hard work some of um, um, the, the, the people he oversees actually have to go through. And it's so, um, such a nice um, sort of uh, uh, thing to, to watch. And then the end is quite a nice and emotional bit is that then he finishes week and if a couple of months ago he goes back to his ivory tower in his in this big mansion or office or whatever. And then they sent an invitation that, oh, and you know the people he was working, or he or she was working with, they sent an invitation um, that uh, the big boss wanted, or they, 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 they want them to, at the headquarters. And usually the, those people are so stressed out and frightened because they say, what have we done? We never been asked to, never been asked to go to the headquarters or whatever it is. And then they are um, and they are taken to, for example, the reception. which is a huge reception, blah blah. And they are sitting there, you know. And then the the door opens and they go in there and they see poor uh, whatever Frank the unemployed there in his massive suit and stuff. They can't believe it, you know. Uh, it's such a, a sort of a, a, a sort of a nice emotional um, sort of um, thing, you know. Um, but. Um, um, the point of this um, story I said I just said is just to explain to you um, the scripture um, that we heard. You know, um, Jesus um, lives among us as a common man, yeah, a carpenter. Um, but one day, 
One day, we will see him in all his glory. One day, the office will be, will be sitting down at the office, at the reception, and the door will open. And this time, mark my words, yeah, you will see him in all his If you think what you've seen this week with Queen Elizabeth is amazing, you just watch and see when the time comes, when you see the king of kings himself, you know, and your you and he tells you, Well done, and my faithful servant, yeah, sit at my right hand. Yeah. That is what we look forward to. And that will happen. Yeah. So take heart, basically. Take heart. Yeah. And Jesus you we will fumble, we will stumble. Yeah, just like Peter. We're no different from Peter. We will see a miracle today, tomorrow we'll be talking uh, 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 nonsense or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a human nature. But God is with us. Yeah. He's left his Holy Spirit with us. If you fall, you get up, you uh, you pray, ask for help uh, uh, from uh, Jesus, and he would do, if you fail. Ten times you fail, ten times you rise up, you keep on going. Yeah? Because one day, it's not those who got everything perfect, it's those who carried on to the end. Those are those who are going to be rewarded. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah? So take heart in terms of that. Your, your one failure, two failure, three failure is, uh, doesn't cast you from the kingdom of God. Yeah? He saved you and saved you forever. That is what he said. Yeah? He'll be with you today, tomorrow, and forevermore. That is what he said. That is his promise. And that is what we need to believe in. Yeah? So, um, just um, getting to the end now. Uh, the message of the cross, I, I said it earlier, the message of the cross is a hard one, especially uh, to accept for those who do not know Christ. Uh, his story does not seem glorious. Um, not everyone is happy or receptive to the gospel. Some are openly hostile. When we say Jesus is not, is not just a prophet, but he's the son of God, the savior of the world. He was in the beginning with God. He is God. He shall reign forever. Most people think we're mad, deluded, or not in touch with reality. Yeah? But it is true. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be surprised if people are not receptive to the gospel. As it was with Jesus, so it will be with you. Yeah? Um, so, and, and, and sort of coming to the end and sort of wrapping everything, yeah? you remember Peter and um, remember Peter in Mark chapter uh, 9 yeah, when uh, Jesus was glorified with Elijah and with um, um, I forgot who it was Elijah and who else he says let's build three uh, shelters or as memorials that's what Peter said yeah. this is what Peter said years after. So I'm going to read to you when Peter's reflecting on his experience on that day. That's years after. Yeah. So in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 16 to 21. This is what Peter says. For we are not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice 
from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention what they wrote. That's the Bible, the scriptures. You must pay close attention to the word of God. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy, no, not, not a single stretch of word in the scripture uh, ever came from the uh, prophet's own understanding or from a human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So in conclusion, when your faith wanes and you find yourself fearful or not believing, reflect on Jesus. Reflect your, uh, on, uh, on his life. Yeah? Meditate on his death. Look forward to his um, coming glory. This is how you strengthen your faith. Go back to the scripture. Remind you of what is done. Remind yourself of what's going, what's yet to come. Yeah, remind yourself. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. And this is how you build your faith in Christ. Um, secondly, meditate on um, who Jesus is, the Son of God, um, the second person of the Trinity. Meditate. Jesus is God Himself. He was there in the beginning, will be there for eternity. Yeah? Amen. Finally, if you hear him, you do not know Jesus, and this is also a message for you. Um, the Bible says, um, when God spoke, you know, when God spoke, and what did he say? He said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Yeah? And he said it to the disciples. He's also saying to everyone who listens, this is my dear, dear son, listen to me. Um, I'm a teacher, so I'll give you homework. <laughs> Very simple one. So if by any chance tomorrow you happen to watch any bit of um, the funeral, I just also encourage you to reflect on this. Yeah? During the funeral, and compare what you see with Jesus' death on the cross between two criminals. And remind yourself, he did that because of you and for me. That's why he did that. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for whom you are. I just thank you that you, Jesus, you are amazing. Know, your patience with your people is just incredible. With Peter, and they make mistakes about mistakes, but you still cared and lifted them up and you were with them. And I just thank you, Lord, you know, that it's the same for me and for everyone here. You know. And uh, I don't have to um, be perfect or strong or whatever it is. I just have to believe that you, the good work you started in me, you would carry it on until completion. 
I pray, Father, that you would remind me and everyone here and continue to open our eyes as we look forward to your glorious return when we will proclaim that Jesus, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We will bow down and every knee shall bow down. And then we will say, Jesus, you are Lord. Do that now and we'll do that in the future. We thank you for everything you've done for us. Amen. 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 Amen.